Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 215. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we spread a thick smear of democracy directly onto the bagel that is the United States of America. I am your host, Nikine Farsad, and I've been carb-loading this week because it's the Republican National Convention, and they've been giving us a lot to chew up and maybe to spit out. So we'll talk about that, and we'll get into some super schlocky GOP gossip, uh, like stuff with Kellyanne and Jerry Falwell Jr., and we'll ask the panel how they're summering today oh this panel today today's panel is like a breath of fresh sunshine summery air uh we have with us um both of them veterans of the show stand-up comedian and actor you've seen her on a ton of things like late night with seth myers like um crashing on hbo like around the country performing absolutely everywhere i had the distinct pleasure performing with her in West Virginia, where we had really average Thai food together. Um, she is the just absolute delight, Joyelle Johnson. Hey, Joyelle. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? Aww. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to see you on this screen. Um, and coming back to the show, folks, he's been away for a minute, but he's always with us in a way. <laughs> um, he is he's a comedian. You've seen him on like everything. He fucking destroys obliterates audiences with his 
charm and wit and smarts and just absolute amazing insight into the political landscape of America and the cultural landscape of America. You can hear him um, as a host, as the host of Tell Me Everything every night on Sirius. Uh, and, and you know, you always need a dose of this man's uh, insight because he's just amazing. And I've known him forever. And he is John Fugel saying, hey, John. What a pleasure to be here with uh, two of my favorite people in the entire world that I thought I'd never see again. Aww, yay. yay. Um, well, folks, I think we should get into it with topic number one. Now, unfortunately, we have to talk about the Republican National Convention. So far, uh, we've been yelled at by Donnie Junes and Kimberly Guilfoyle. We've been minorly reasonable with by Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. We've almost been sympathized with by Melania. And we've heard from a bunch of people I've never heard of before. Um, but that just might be me. Uh, now, I want to remind listeners that we're taping this on Wednesday. So we've only seen the first two nights of the convention. But I there was a lot. There was a, there's a lot to talk about just in these first two nights. So let's start um, uh, with your imp- first impressions. John Fugel saying, "Where where's your head at?" Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's only been two nights, but we've lied for a lifetime. Um, the theme of the first <laughs> night, right? The theme of the first night was land of promises, which was awesome, given that it began with a video of Trump lying that he'd kept all of his promises and it only went up from there. Now, I I, I do want to say I'm going to be making jokes about this convention, but in no way am I mocking the epidemic of suicides among fact checkers since this began. In fact, fact checkers, we, we have new jobs created because they all killed themselves uh, night one. Here's leading up to this convention. <laughs> in, in the 72 hours leading up to the fir- to this convention where the Confederate states are nominating Donald Trump, um, his sister is on tape saying he's an unconscionable liar. There's tape of his wife bad-mouthing him and his kids. Kellyanne, resigns uh, as she was campaign manager number three. Uh, The other campaign manager number three, Steve Bannon, has been indicted, arrested on a Chinese billionaire yacht because the wall was always a scam. The New York attorney general filed legal action against the Trump organization. His son, Shemp, took the Fifth Amendment. Michael Cohen is doing the TV ads against Trump. 20 Republican members of Congress endorsed Biden And Jerry Falwell Jr., the first evangelical, really the person who gave him his toehold with the revoltingly fake Christian community, resigned from Liberty University in disgrace. That was the 72 hours leading up to the beginning of the convention. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's great. It's, It's been a lot of fun. And I'm actually getting a satellite dish to watch it in the original German. What did you guys think? (laughs) Joyelle? Um, I'm just going to say I tuned in and I saw Vernon Jones speaking and I saw that entire speech and that just disrupted my spirit as a black person. So I had to turn it off because I was like, I can't do this. Um, I need to protect myself. That that was just too much. I, it's it's too much. It's too much to watch. So I'm glad John watched everything for all of us. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to get his energy because he did it. He sounds like he's going crazy. And I received that from him. Yes. Um, t- tell me, Joyelle, what made you feel sad about the about what you saw? Well, it's like when you see black people talk in support of Trump, it's just like such a cognitive dissonance when you're just looking at it. And it's as if I feel like I'm in Willy Wonka or something, because I'm like, 
how, why, who, what, where it makes you think that this is okay and that these people just have no souls and they're willing to literally sell it to the devil. Like Vernon Jones, I just moved to Atlanta and he's down here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And every time he comes on the screen, he's like, yeah, people people uh, don't like me anymore. And it's like, I don't think people liked you before this, dude. Like there's no way... <laughs> There's no way you were just like charming at parties before this and now you like Trump and nobody likes you anymore. So, um, yeah, that ruined my spirit. I I was like, oh, no, I can't watch this. And then when I heard the McCloskeys were on there, I'm mad I even know their name. Like, I didn't even know how to pronounce Kim. I didn't know how to pronounce Kimberly's last name before you said it. And I still don't know how to pronounce her last name. And I won't. I won't learn that last name. <laughs> it's the small it's, acts of defiance. Yeah. Um, can, wait, so the McCluskeys, for people who don't know, they were the people that were like standing in front of their house with a with guns um, in front of protesters. Uh, is that right? Um, basically yeah. in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. And so they and they they gave a little convention speech on a on a couch like with like some mahogany <laughs> furniture or whatever. There was a lot of mahogany, um, and they were actually. And I think what was really interesting about that speech was that um, they were really like quiet, you know. So they were like um, they were subdued Mariah lunatics. Rioters. Yeah, they, they were subdued lunatics. Like Kimberly? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> yeah. So they were sort of like, um, marauding rioters are going to murder you in your sleep. Like they were just doing a meditation tape, but saying the worst ever things. So it was really, uh, it was really, like, it was very interesting. Can I just say something? You met, We mentioned the McClos- McCloskeys, and I think, honestly, their mahogany furniture was maybe the only actual aesthetics on display. I just want to say something that's completely apolitical that when I was, one of the things that I was struck by with the DNC was how remarkable a job they did of varying the scene, right? Right. They had to do this virtual convention, no audience, how shitty, right? But they really rose to the occasion in terms of production value, aesthetics, entertainment value. They had tons of like, you know, that musical acts, right? They Mm -hmm. had tons of beautifully edited videos. They had beautiful stories with like just, you know, in intimate settings where you really met people. They had a roll call that saw every corner of the 50 states like they did so much with the camera you know Um, because they were like all right we got to do a a virtual convention that's annoying but you know what we're going to rise to this challenge and make it at least something interesting to watch um and that and here um the all of the nights of the first night speeches were in the same auditorium in dc empty auditorium so it made you know and they had their most yelling people on monday night right? yes. <laughs> kimberly kimberly gilfoyle uh whose name uh joyelle refuses to learn and uh, rightfully so her main credit is that she's a trump um fundraiser oh that's uh, not so her main credit how that dare you that is not her main credit that is how not her main credit i'll have it's you how know she's, i looked at that is I not her name. I some RNC, RNC website, and that's how we, she was presented. Uh, and I yeah. was like, oh, that's funny. That's how they're saying her main credit is. Excuse me. <laughs> Tell but us about her, who she is. Joyelle, I mean, I, I know her main credit. 
I mean, she banging Don Jr., ain't she? Ain't oh, it's not. <laughs> Excuse me. It's even more. It's even more moving than that. Uh, Don Jr. abandoned the mother of his children for Kimberly Guilfoyle. Oh, give us publicly the publicly left his wife for her. She's the girlfriend he left the mother of his children for. So she's not just a fundraiser. She's Don Jr.'s Marla Maples. Ooh, look at Ooh, that. Well, look. Hey, nice. here's the thing. You put in a historical context. I really enjoyed well, that. Well, you know what? You, you always remember the woman you humiliate, the mother of your first children, by squiring her in front of cameras <laughs> before the divorce is finalized. It's just a very special thing for Trump men. You wouldn't understand it. I don't expect you to. <laughs> That's why Hallmark has a card for that. Mm-hmm. They stay on brand. And I want to go, you said the um, the camera on the DNC, it was doing a bit much. I'm going to just say John Kasich, when, when that first shot, that drone shot of Overhead. him in the middle of the field, I was like, okay, <laughs> y'all, y'all are doing way too much. This is, but they this were is trying, terrifying. you know, they were, they were trying. trying too hard. There were I a couple people, there was like a white congresswoman who looked like she rented an Airbnb and it was like the most basic, like relatable scene. She, you know, she just had a shot because everybody else is like against their, a wall in their house. And she made sure to like, let's see this old suburban kitchen. I was like, that is not that bitch's house. That's an Airbnb. So <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, I would no, we, can, we can neither confirm nor deny her kitchen. But I, I just, in general, was less bored because just on a, f- a fundamental entertainment level, they gave me more to look at. Which So I, I just thought that it was interesting that the, the the RNC had a little bit of a, you know, head start because they came in say, second and didn't engage in any of the um, the kind of aesthetic building that they could have, you know, I think that helps a party, right? Um, so I, I want to ask, though, Fugelzang, what did you think of the ongoing theme of cancel culture at the RNC? And the non-going theme of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, they canceled the pandemic and that's what matters, right? Uh, you know, first off, <laughs> the notion that a bunch of people pretending that they weren't all attacking our patriotism for questioning George Bush a do- dozen years ago, they, they, they canceled their own past. I mean, they canceled the Republican Party. This is not the party of Lincoln. This is not the party of Eisenhower. Eisenhower is screaming from a crypt somewhere. Eisenhower was the last Republican to balance a budget 65 years ago. They, they've canceled everything. It's the party of Trump. They've canceled what conservatism means. It used to have a few meanings, most of which were rubbish, but now all conservatism means is blind obedience to Donald Trump, reality TV star, and uh, owning the libs. That's it. Like, there's no platform at this thing. When the Democrats launched last week, I'm with you, Nikki, and I went into it, you know, very cynically. I thought, oh, the convention with no convening. Yeah, you know, thank goodness, (laughs) finally, I'll get a chance to make fun of Democrats equally because it's been kind of hard to be fair for a while. And I was so excited to get a chance to mock the Democrats. And then (laughs) the convention they did, I thought, was so creative, so moving. Um, The Bernie Sanders speech, Michelle Obama's speech the first night. I mean, I've never in my life been so moved by the national anthem. I'm somebody who likes mm. to be cynical and remind everybody about the really awful second verse of the national anthem. But that multicultural a representative from every state and province singing it in harmony together. When I saw the five white teenage kids doing the Pledge of Allegiance, I thought, wow, that's really beautiful and really moving. Good for you, Democrats. Show the white kids doing the pledge. Smart. You're going for the bed. I didn't even know they were Joe Biden's grandkids. By the time we got yeah. to Barack Obama's oh, speech. Oh, that was really sweet. I mean, they had the first, I mean, I, I mean, the Democrats made the roll call moving. 
They like did. procedural yes, roll they call did. They did. was such they a did. beautiful representation of the geographic and and yeah. and uh, you know racial and age diversity and class diversity of the country. I mean, I kept watching yes. this thing like the whole time, thinking, "Wow, do I have to become a Democrat?" This I like these people; they're they're doing it well. So Wait, was, okay, so let me. I was excited ask you- for this one, but they. they I was. Ex- I've watched every RNC since I was a kid, and it was Reagan. And honestly, Trump is running for the 2016 GOP nomination. They're not yeah. trying to get more people than already like Trump to vote. And I now they're just they're trying really hard to have brown people show up and say he's not a racist. Ignore the last 45 years of his behavior. And so far, yeah. the people who are watching this already don't care about his racism. They don't know about it because they watch Fox. I'm very sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, let me. OK, so so, John, you mentioned uh, the roll call as being, you know, giving us this moving slice of America. Well, I think the RNC's equivalent of the roll call was um, their naturalization ceremony, right? So for those of you who didn't watch, um, the I guess it was the head of the, Homeland, the Department of Homeland Security um, with Trump next to him naturalized, I don't know, it was like five or six people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one was, in, it was seemed to be Indian. Someone was from some Muslim country. Um, <laughs> there was yeah. a, a woman of, of ethnic ambiguity. There was another, a uh, a black man of some from some. Well, he country. loves he loves immigration. Was, oh, yeah. You know how he loves legal. Imi- oh, right. he loves legal immigration. Yes. Oh, so oh, what yeah. did you think loves of that? He campaigned were, on. That. Were you were do you were you moved at all by the naturalization? Or what did what did it did that? Do you think that landed for people? They look like the characters from uh, It's a Small World After All in Disneyland when you go through <laughs> yeah. and everybody's just in their most ethnic thing that they, they have in their wardrobe. They were in their ethnic like, things, yeah. Yeah, it was like, y'all could have worn a t-shirt and jeans or, or a suit. Like, no, let's, <laughs> let's put on a sorry. Like, why? It was <laughs> so all, ethnic. It, it was all there for the same reason, to convince people who already love Trump that Trump's not a racist. Forget 45 years of evidence and and watch what we're doing right here. This is a guy, and by the way, like I heard no pundits talk about this, but there is no immigration now. Our immigration has stopped. In fact, Mm -hmm. Trump proudly announced he was blocking all immigration during the pandemic one month after immigration stopped. Our passports are useless. Our passports have as much value as a degree from Trump University. Uh, Like I'm the most patriotic thing about America is that we share borders with two countries that have high enough standards to not let us in. Like literally the president who campaigned on ending (laughs) immigration and now because of his poor handling, the whole thing was them praising his handling when we are the worst country to handle this in the world, the worst the number of deaths and infections. And he has this little pageant of him letting new people become citizens while that's just the absence of reality completely. Don't forget, he, he stopped immigration a month after immigration had already stopped. This was all for the base to, so he wouldn't lose 5% more in the swing states. It reeked of desperation. And uh, it was enough to make racists feel good about not being racist while being racist still. So. I always wonder what um, makes racists feel good. <laughs> A president right. who tells them uh, what they want to hear. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It's, 
It's also, I mean, I should mention the other thing about it was that it could be a violation of the Hatch Act. The Hatch Hatch Act Act basically, um, you know, says that certain federal employees can't engage in these kinds of partisan um, activities like campaigning. And being a part of the Republican National Convention would definitely be that thing. Um, And then the other person who probably violated the Hatch Act is Mike Pompeo, because he gave a speech from Jerusalem, uh, having flown there uh, on the Secretary of State's uh, private plane. Um, <laughs> did, did, did that, I mean, I guess, Joyelle, does it matter, these violations? Does no. anything matter? <laughs> no, I, don't, I mean, because they've been in violation of the Hatch Act since, since like 2016. Or, yeah. You know, because it wasn't it when Kellyanne Conway, she endorsed Ivanka Trump's line. Wasn't that a violation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of the hatch act. So I'm like, they've been violating left and right. It almost seems as if they're like, hey, y'all, we trying to get kicked out of here. Like, yeah. y'all are supposed to do your job. Nobody's doing their job. So we're going to keep violating. If nobody's going to call us <laughs> on it, you might as well violate. And I actually don't blame them because if you ain't going to call me on something, you might as well, you know? Right. Do it. I, I kept jumping up. turnstiles as a teenager until I got caught. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. So you're not going to stop people from doing bad things if you're not going to call them on it. Democrats. Well, let's let's end by just talking about Melania for a second. She tried to paint a more human picture, and and you know, I I feel bad for Melania because um, you know she Why probably you feel bad for wanted her? to divorce him a long time ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, you feel bad for her. Why you feel yeah. bad for her? Why? No, Why? I know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it just in that I, I I managed to find sympathy for every person. Uh, I, I find compa- let's go for compassion for every person. Uh, uh, compassion Nikki. for every person. Compassion yeah. for every Melania person. Melania doesn't get sympathy. Um, is no. she right? No, you're you're right. Uh, but it, you know, I think for some, she probably doesn't want to do that, didn't want to do that speech. You know what I mean? She kind of clearly didn't want to do it because she had not practiced it at all. She was heavily right in that prompter. Um, Yeah, uh, you know, she wanted to do it. She renegotiated her prenup. Exactly. Melania Trump could walk out of that house with her child penniless and have enough money from a book deal that day to take care of her great-grandchildren. She is there because she chooses to be there. And he is there because she helped him spread a racist lie about the first black president not being born here that neither of them have acknowledged or apologized for. And the liberal media has yet to hold either of them to account. Yeah, no. People talk about free Melania. I'm like, she's mm-hmm. fine. She's there um, voluntarily just because she can't speak English that well. We're confused. No, she's there because she wants to be. She'd probably be bathing in diamonds. There's like a picture of her using a diamond necklace as some spaghetti. Like, she she knows, <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She don't yeah. want to be sent back to yeah. Slovakia or wherever the hell she's from. So, I mean, she don't do nothing but... Dress her ass off. I will. I will shout out Melania's wardrobe because from day um, one it has been on point. That on Tiffany point, blue that point. she wore to yes, the inauguration, I think, yeah, was yeah, also yeah. a shout out to the uh, security guard. She was banging at. She Tiffany's actually. She she's left. the only one. She's the only one that got a really nice video montage treatment at the RNC. They did a nice montage of her outfits, which I was uh, that I enjoyed. Um, I'm glad you spoke because I think, you know, Donald Trump has insulted us and gaslighted us and publicly humiliated us. 
So we are all Melania Trump in a way. But um, <laughs> I, I also I don't go with these liberals who are calling her uh, Marie Antoinette. That's not fair because uh, Melania's catchphrase is let my husband eat cake. But uh, if you saw last <laughs> night, she gave this whole speech where she was praising her husband's honesty. Uh, which to me is like Camille Cosby pra- praising her husband's love of consent. You know, it's just, right. uh, it, no, Melania's punched her own ticket on this. And uh, yeah. I, and again, the two conventions, I don't know if Joe Biden got a convention bump, but I'm pretty sure Don Jr. got his before he walked on stage. <laughs> he got more than one bump. Oh. There was more than one bump. I oh love that God, they got cocaine so... trending. That was amazing. Oh. <laughs> and so, and so I, I went down so that wormhole. I went down that wormhole and somebody said that it was it was fentanyl. Somebody was like, oh no, mm. I'm a drug addict. That's fentanyl. I was like, I don't know the difference. I know he's on something though, because I'm a pothead. I can see those eyes. <laughs> um, you know, well, I mean, sober. I think, I, I know I said we were going to talk about Melania last, but one last thing I want to mention is, you know, they're really trotting out every, um, you know, person of color that they can find, um, which also means that they don't have very, like, very many f- kind of famous Republicans. Yes. Uh, you know, the, whereas, like, we actually had a, had more famous Republicans at our convention, at the DNC convention oh, than yes. they do at the RNC convention. Um, we so, had a lot you of know, them. But we saw... We had a, we saw the, the 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 Attorney General of Kentucky. He was it's funny because my mom was watching him, and I think his name is Daniel Cameron or something. And uh, and my mom was like, "Oh no, he's a really like personable speaker, and he's very good looking, <laughs> and, and and he's and he's a black man." And I was like, "Yeah, like he does have that like rising star GOP quality." But I think it is. I guess my last question is, Joyelle. Um, you're black. I uh, am. Can you tell I'm black as hell. You, I got a Harriet Tubman shirt on. Is any, I, I, I know you just sort of like, I don't buy this in terms of, do you, like, can you catch anyone from your family or friends or whatever, like buying into the number of people of color that they ha- have trotted out? Is that gonna work? Is that, is there any possibility of that landing? Um, I think I actually think it is now, ironically enough, because of the VP choice uh, on the Democratic side, because I just do not have faith in the um, sexism of of people um, saying they don't want to vote, you know, because Hillary didn't win, in my opinion, because of sexism. And I feel like the people, the black people, the black men that aren't going to vote for Biden are going to do it because of Kamala. I hope and so. Um, you know, so I, I think that, yeah, there are black people who support him, but there are black people that can have that cognitive dissonance and be like, you know what? I'm not going to support the Democrats because I'm a free thinker. Because yeah. that's what being a free thinker is. What you're saying is that <laughs> men suck regardless of ethnic background is what I'm getting. Basically, yeah, basically, I'm yeah. in therapy because of it. Me too. All right. Me we're going to leave it on that note. Uh, and we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors and how great they are because they keep the lights on here at Fake the Nation. And then when we come back, we're going to get into some gossip. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So Kellyanne Conway is the special advisor to the president and as Joyelle mentioned, the in-house marketing team for Ivanka's jewelry line. Uh, she is leaving the White House. Um, it's an interesting time to leave, right? And also apparently George Conway is taking a hiatus from his duties at the Lincoln Project, who's, who, which is those band of Republicans who are trying to get um, Trump out of office. Uh Fugel saying, did this strike you as anything or nothing? Nothing at all. Uh, I, I actually 
have had a terrible gnawing fear for the past two years that this whole uh, little beef between these two is just their very public way of having an advanced form of foreplay before yes! he sets. I think yes! this is how we are all unwitting enablers of their foreplay before the hate sex they enjoy every weekend. And I'm tired of, you know, uh, playing that game and, and waving them with palm fronds for their little acts. Um, Kellyanne Conway, uh, look, I, I for a long time, I tried not to say anything mean about her because she did my TV show a few times. And, um, you know, I never thought she was evil. Uh, I, I've, I've revised that opinion over the years. I think after Todd Aiken... Don't forget, she was the campaign manager behind legitimate rape, Todd Aiken. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, under Trump, I mean, the lies have continued. Kellyanne Conway was running Ted Cruz's campaign back when uh, you have to keep all the different campaign managers in mind. For Donald Trump's first campaign, he had four campaign managers, the, the most ethical of which I guess is Corey Lewandowski. Uh, but, you know, when Kellyanne was running Ted Cruz's campaign, she talked about how, you know, Trump says he's for the little guy, but he's actually built a lot of his businesses on the backs of the little guy. She she told so much truth about him and tore him to shreds until she talked about the victims of Trump University, the victims of Trump in Atlantic City. So every word from Kellyanne Conway's mouth about this president is a lie that she mm -hmm. is throwing to the American people in exchange for professional gain. She deserves to have her name associated with every level of corruption from this administration for the rest of its time. Uh, I don't like when liberals make fun of her appearance. I don't think that's very nice and very progressive, so I'll let other people do that. But, um, you know, I think it goes to show that maybe the biggest hero uh, of the resistance is Kellyanne and George Conway's daughter. Because teenagers <laughs> get TikTok. it. Right? I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know. Teenagers. I didn't know, know until just today that she um, was she had been posting um, anti, you know, Donnie stuff. Online. Acknowledging that her mother um, was helping this man's daughter. crimes. She shamed her mother. She shamed yeah. her mother for months. And I'm sorry, but like. There's a lot at stake here. You know, women's reproductive rights, climate science. If you care about marginalized people, immigrant rights, I mean, the economy, my God, the lies and the corruption is never ending. And she is the most moral member of that entire family, in my opinion, even more so than, than, uh, than George Conway. Isn't she trying to get emancipated? She was until this week. We don't know now. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree with the sex for a play. I was like, the sex between them must be awesome. They must be punching and choking each right? other because oh. um, they're both sociopaths. They're both oh. sociopaths. Like you can't, there's no way you could be in that relationship. So I don't, I don't feel sorry for it's like Mary Madeline and James. Kids. Yeah. James Carville, like late nineties yes. burning man sex. Like that's what they're going through. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're terrifying. And I'm sure she's just going to end up on dancing with the stars or, <laughs> like she's clearly well, there's not write a very book. many options i mean there there's more a more limited universe of options for her to do after leaving the trump administration right she'll yeah. run gop campaigns for the rest of her life she will run yeah. gop campaigns for the rest she, of her right, life she's good she at what did, she does because she she that one worked but I, even still like a john Kasich republican is not gonna hire kellyanne conway she's just too sullied you know what i mean let's hope Ooh, she she dirty she's so dirty she's so she dirty. really dirty I mean, again, she knows <laughs> the truth about say. Trump. She was already <laughs> sinister for running, you know, Ted Cruz's campaign. And then she told the truth about Trump during that campaign. And don't forget, by the way, Ted Cruz was the biggest name to show up for Trump in 2016. 
And he didn't even endorse him on stage. And even Ted Cruz wouldn't show up this time. And let's not forget, screw you, George W. Bush, for not coming out and endorsing Biden. I'm so over the liberals saying nice things about George W. Bush. The fact that he's kept his mouth shut during this kind of just shows us what we need to know. Uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter is my hero. Kellyanne Conway's (laughs) daughter is my hero. Yeah, no, George Bush is on a farm somewhere. He's chilling. He's riding He's he's painting. He doesn't... Want to see my picture? Um... He's 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 on an internet detox. He has no idea what's going on in the rest of the world country. Uh, folks, let's move on. We we talked about sex between Kellyanne and George, but we haven't talked about sex between Jerry Falwell and the people he likes to have sex with. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, might be. Or it looks sounds like he was in a bit of a thruple, uh, and I don't know what the Bible says about thruples, but. Um, <laughs> He uh, he was in a like an on like so him and his wife were in an ongoing relish with Giancarlo Granda, uh, who they met at a pool or something in Miami. Um, and I guess Jerry liked to watch while wearing mm-hmm. speedos. Nice. Uh, so I don't know. This is so juicy. It makes me feel like a bad person talking about it. But it's one of those things where, like, it's he's the you know he was the head of Liberty University. Uh, he's one of the most even famous evangelical Christians in America. Um, and I just want to say to him, like, bro, like, you're a Democrat because if you like doing this stuff, you're allowed to be in throuples oh, no, as no, a Democrat. No. Oh, no, no, no. Not no. Democrats. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he's in that other party. Yeah, I don't, I'm That's not saying you're allowed party. to run for office, but you're allowed to, like, do that. Oh, there's yeah, lots I of kink think, in the know. GOP. They all know, Nagin. The difference is Democrats into kink aren't hypocrites about it, but both exactly. sides are into kink. There it is. There exactly. It is. Yeah, it's like nobody would care about your cuckold if you wasn't condemning women who have abortions and gay people. Like, no, nobody would care. Just be a freak. Let you know, somebody on Twitter was like, let your freak flag fly. Like, do it, but don't do judge it. other people. Like, it, it's like the problem with just keeping things... In secret, and what's done in the dark will always manifest itself in the light. So, congratulations, Jerry Falwell Jr., for giving us some entertainment this week because that shit was hilarious. The Fugle saying, "You know about Christianity." Uh, I, yes, bit, yeah. <laughs> I had I had the great honor of debating his father on the Bill Maher show when I was young too. Jerry Falwell Sr., the the uh, oh shit, I didn't know legendary, that legendary, revoltingly fake Christian Jerry Falwell. Uh, so, and I've actually had the honor of being blocked by Jerry Falwell Jr. on Twitter as well, yes. uh, which to me is as good as a daytime Emmy. Okay, really quick. Uh, <laughs> the Bible is where does the, where how does this ripple through the 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 evangelical community? Well, uh, they okay. Uh, this is going to shock you. The evangelical community doesn't give a shit. The evangelical community doesn't care about sins by people on their own side. Now, this might be seen as emasculating for Falwell Jr., and for that reason, they'd have a problem with it. But the evangelical community, generally, the white evangelical community, voted for grab him by the pussy when he promised to turn away war refugees because he also promised to ban something the Bible never bans. And that's abortion. And that's the key racket, right? We've talked about this a million times, Nagin, but the greatest achievement of the Mm -hmm. GOP in the last 40 years is getting followers of Jesus to vote against everything Jesus actually talked about by talking about something like abortion, which Jesus never talked about. Jesus never really technically came out against premarital sex. He wasn't a fan of of adultery, but this was not adultery and this was not a thrill. 
Okay, a throuple is three people engaged in a relationship. This was Jerry Falwell using the wife and his pool boy for his voyeuristic pleasure. He was not joining in. This was not like an even menage mm. a trois whatsoever. This was a different kind of dynamic. Mm. And it, it's true, interesting for true. a few reasons. Uh, first, let me just get the politics. There is a Trump connection, obviously, with Michael Cohen. All right. Also, Jerry Falwell Jr. is the revoltingly fake Christian who first got Trump traction with the revoltingly fake Christian community in America. Mm. And if Michael Cohen can be traced to this and that they, you know, did a quid pro quo to get the endorsement in exchange for covering up photos, I want to hear about it. I have nothing against Jerry Falwell Jr.'s kink. I will not make jokes about his kink. Uh, In fact, if if he's into like a a voyeuristic, you know, cuck fantasy, that's might be the first likable thing about him to me. Um, I think it's... Look, life is hard. Marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. Whatever you as a couple find that works for you, as long as you are not damaging anyone else's person or property and it's all consenting adults, then you do whatever you want. I don't get to judge you. I know freaks into much worse stuff than this. But here's the thing. What's disgusting is not that they did this. What's disgusting is how Falwell, just to save his own skin, threw his wife under the bus and said it was her extramarital affair. He called his wife a cheater, when in reality there was no cheating. This was all consensual and all parties were in on it. Then he accused the young man of extortion when the young man was just trying to get back what he had been promised as an investment on a business. So again, it's not disgusting that Falwell did this. I got nothing against it. It's that he smeared his own wife, he smeared this young man, um, and you know, essentially he denied his own wife three times before the cuck crowed. And, you know, you got to remember, his father, (laughs) Jerry Falwell Jr., is a complete embarrassment to his father. And his father was a racist segregationist who built whites-only schools and defended apartheid. So even with those credentials, he's an embarrassment. They're all embarrassing. And anyone who goes to Liberty University should be ashamed of themselves for giving money to this grifter family of Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Yeah. There's no Jesus in this. There's no Jesus in this whatsoever. Yeah, man. I, I'm proud. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, Fugel saying said it all. Um, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there on the juicy. I hope GOP I wasn't too gossip. harsh on them. I hope I wasn't. I won't. No, I mean I think that's. It's like it's weird because I am not a part of that community. Which so community? Wanna, the, the, like, the, the Republican evangelicals or the cuck uh, fetish? Republican evangelical. Yeah, like, I agree. I don't give two shits what he does sexually with anybody. Like, I really don't care as long as everyone's safe. But, um, (laughs) like, I I just, uh, I think that it's, we keep seeing this sort of pattern of behavior, you know, um, from people who protest too much about sexual, um, you know, being gay or or having an open marriage, like whatever, agree, you know, those kinds of things. And like, I am just like, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. I just find it baffling that this is even it, this is even an issue. Like he just he can like live a free life, you know what I mean? But instead he yeah. chose to go into this thing, uh, constantly, um, you know, be a, uh, you know, some sort of beacon of moral rectitude. Yep. And now he's falling from grace because of it. And he didn't have to live like that in the first place. You know what I mean? There's a world in which your 
sexual fetishes are accepted by those yeah, around you. Yeah. Tinder. <laughs> Tinder is that world. Um, yeah, t- <laughs> I, I, I went on a date with a dude who asked to be my cuckold just because I wanted to meet him in person and because I need material. And um, <laughs> it was very interesting because, once again, about judgment, the interesting fact was he wanted to be my cuckold, but then he found out I smoked weed and he was like, you should probably quit. And I was like, are you judging me right now, bitch? You want to be a cuckold? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? So it seems like that might be a theme between them cuckolds. They, they judge other people because they like to watch. So they judge while they watch him. Mm-mm. Not into uh-uh. um, let's um, move. That was a. I'm glad we had that little gossip sesh. Let <laughs> us move on to topic number three. Um, there. This is one of those free flowing end of summer, you know, topics where we're just gonna chat about how you're summering, how you're coping, what are you watching. Um, Fugel saying you mentioned before we started the show uh, that you know because you're watching the RNC, you have to kind of build in some time for self care. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, listen, I, I think self care has never been more important than I'm. I just have gotten. I mean, it, it, you know, every night I go on Sirius XM for three hours to talk people off of ledges, and uh, <laughs> which has become my way of talking myself off of one. Uh, mm. I, anything you do. Um, to to do self-care, to help yourself feel grounded and sane and comfortable in your own skin during this pandemic year is okay. You cannot be too conservative in your caution. You cannot be too decadent in your indulgences. As long as you're not going bankrupt, please do what you need to do to stay sane uh, and get through this time because there's no guidelines out there for how to stay sane. And everyone's going on Facebook, either trying to act like everything's normal or having therapy in public and just having cries for help. So it's like somewhere in the middle is where we have to be. But you know, it's sort of, in a way, the same advice I give during the Trump administration. Um, read fiction. Get away from this. Unplug from this reality. Don't unplug permanently. We need you in the game. Despondency is privilege. But, like, you know, for me, between learning, if you, don't feel bad if you can't go learn how to speak Portuguese or play a ukulele during this, but find something you can do. Uh, for me, like, I had three tours scheduled that obviously didn't happen. Um, I had just mm. launched a tour with Louis Black and Helen Swibel, a sit-down comedy <laughs> tour. We had just done our first show when this whole thing happened. So, Ugh. you know, it's been scary. I was lucky that uh, one of the tours I do, the Sexy Liberal Tour, we've begun doing um, virtual shows, doing pay-per-view shows. And we had Rob Reiner do one, Joy Reed did our second, Lily Tomlin just did our one this last weekend, and Martin Sheen cameoed. And so I've been going around the city uh, with, with a, a videographer shooting my stand-up act um, on the, first on the empty streets in the plague, uh, then in the way too crowded reopening, uh, which was even scarier for me. And in the middle of shooting for the reopening, I got hit by a van while on my bike. I, I what? Woke, oh yeah, I was I was doing a tracking shot on the Bowery. Next thing I knew, I was in a neck brace in an ambulance, and and they 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 said we're taking you to Bellevue, and I was begging the the, the EMTs not to take me to Bellevue because in New York, if you've lived here through the year, you know. New York ER is where you don't want to go. You're in labor, don't go to the ER. Gut wound, to don't go to the ER. Appendicitis, stay home. But when I got to the ER, it was empty. And it was the most moving moment for me of this whole pandemic to realize this is what a flattened curve looks like. Empty beds in a New York City emergency yeah. room because we led as a people. We took care of each other. We sacrificed for each other because taking care it. of yeah. each other 
is the thing that works. And there might be momentary discomfort, but if we all take care of each other, we all do better in the long run. This is what all of the great religious teachings and democratic socialists have been telling us for a while. But uh, I, I'm just grateful, Nagin, for um, Judy Gold's book about political stand-up called Yes, I Can <laughs> Say That and Bob Dylan's yes, album. Yes, she was on a few weeks ago. Yeah, Judy's book and Bob Dylan's album that he just released and dropped on, on all of us have been the two things that... Uh, I give the most credit to that and getting good with, you know, editing again on my own and, and just shooting all the time. You know, if you can find art, books, music that helps you through this or a binge watch show, but also um, find something creative to do that'll keep your brain alive and turn uh, open up new new rooms in your in your head. So I'm I'm trying to find advantages anywhere I can. But like you, Nagin, I'm 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 trapped in a home with a small child. So, you know, <laughs> I know that for us, boredom is a word. Boredom implies privilege when you have a little one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, it, it hasn't been, I mean, frustration, I think, has been more my jam yeah. throughout the, <laughs> throughout the experience. But I think, um, but it has been, like, people have had different levels of kind of attention span. Um, and one of my things recently has been, like, I can't really get into, like, TV shows the way I once could. Right. Uh, Joyelle, have you seen any shifts in yourself of like what you could get into and what you can't and like what what have you been up to? On a, oh, on what, a I, what have I been up to? Uh, for self-care, I left Brooklyn. <laughs> That's what I did. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, which I mean, I know is a red flag because of all of the um, spikes down here. But I now have um, central air, a washer dryer. Um, <laughs> Uh, a patio, which is amazing. I just sit out on the patio and listen to the crickets because they are loud as hell down here. And it's been so great um, just to have a break from the city. My mother's down here, so I get to be near my mommy because that's all this pandemic has made me want to do is just be near my mom. And um, <laughs> I'm also in an interracial relationship, so I am now teaching my boyfriend about what it's like to be Black. So I don't know what that's doing to my self-care, but he keeps wanting to watch <laughs> He's like, can we watch the Khalif Browder documentary? I'm like, no, motherfucker, I just watched Vernon Jones. <laughs> He's like, can we watch 13th? I was like, look, I can't teach you. I can't teach you every single day, okay? Um, so right. it, it's been sweet, but I just finished I May Destroy You, which that's not necessarily <gasps> going to help self-care, but uh, Michaela Cole can write what her a great show. ass off. So I'm, I've just been like being inspired by people who do things great creatively and also who yes. people who fall short have been inspiring me. And I've just been writing and um, I've been busy. I'm I, I like the boredom thing. We're going to talk about that, but I'm never bored. Yeah. I don't understand boredom and I definitely don't have a kid. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I, it's interesting because, um, yeah, I would say I may destroy you. There's so many sh shows out there that are kind of geared towards me. And that's one of them, right? This kind of like, you know, 30 something um, woman trying to figure it out. And then there's so many of them that don't have like, like real kind of aesthetic heft behind them or like a really strong POV or really like they're, they're just sort of wishy-washy things that we're supposed to accept um, as 30 minute entertainment. And this is just a, so particular, so specific, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really unlike anything um, I've, I've seen on TV and it's not lazy at all. I feel like a lot of like TV in the last few years is sort 
sort of been kind of uh prestige cable lazy yeah. you know yes. like it's sort of like get some some good people and then put, throw it on a fancy network and we're supposed to think it's wonderful you know what i mean right right um and and even i also even think sometimes like that they'll put like their shows that are geared towards that that are really highly diverse and they're supposed to make me feel good about their diversity but that doesn't but just because like you made the cast diverse doesn't mean you can like just uh, not do well in other areas of right. the show. You know yeah, I mean? like the like writers' it's not room. enough. <laughs> yeah, like it, it just just because the show is diverse doesn't mean it could be poorly written. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Not, I don't. That's not how this is working. You know? Yeah, everyone um, on the show looks like me and you, Nagin, but all the writers look like John. Right right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, but this feels just 100%. May, may I, I may destroy you. It feels so authentic. I mean, I, the interesting thing is, like, I feel like I've been, um, you know, what, okay, so I think that uh, one of the things that sort of, like, made me feel a lot better is um, I think there's this, I, I started complaining so much and then I remembered that I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> that was like, you know, like I'm in a pandemic, so is everybody. I have a young child, uh, so do a lot of people. Um, I, it's like, I have, I, I mentioned this on the show before, but it's like you talk to, you know, I'm, I remember my, my aunt has told me a story about having a miscarriage because of the revolution in 1979 where she was, um, she was, uh, kind of pushed around by revolutionary guards and she's lived through a revolution and a war um, bombings right and they talk if you listen to my mom and her sisters talk about these the revolution the wars and all of that stuff they're like laughing and joking they're like yeah the way that we I think the American concept of like dealing with it is has completely disintegrated we have no ability to just handle stuff. Right. I don't know where that went, you know? Well. And the idea that this, you know, like, I, I was like, oh, there's there's a lot of things I can't do living in New York City, but, oh, the thing that I can do is go for a stroll in a place that's still vibrant and amazing. I can go to the park where there's inevitably a ton of musicians providing free entertainment. I can go to the zoo. I can go to the botanical garden. I could do all these things. I go to the beach. I could, There's like, all these things I can still do and and that we can all still do in every city in America and every suburban and village and whatever in America. And we're all complaining so much. And I just am like, oh, I think the one thing that saved me and that's helped me is to stop fucking complaining. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. And that has been, that's actually made me feel better. It's made me feel more optimistic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah it's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because it's like old black people, like my mom and my aunts, they are so like, oh, y'all are going to be fine. Like we lived through the civil rights movement. Everyone's going to yes. be fine. This pandemic, like my mother is completely, she's just like, the pandemic brought you down here. So she's, She's like, you, like, she's like, it's great. Go, yeah, going straight to the positive, you know? She's just like, are you kidding? She lived through the 60s and, um, you know, people getting shot, all, every, all the world leaders getting yeah. shot every day and, you know, the desk, going under the desk because let's do a bomb threat test. Like, so she's like, oh, we're, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Um, so just talk to an old black person if you're feeling it's true. like I mean, you want to complain. It's so true. But I, I will say also that, you know, 
most of us are getting through this. I mean, most of us aren't. Most of us aren't falling to pieces. Everyone's adapting. People have it tough. We already know how hard, you know, what we call essential workers work. And this is a time when essential workers, the people who are most exploited by this economy, are having to risk their lives to prop up the economy that keeps exploiting them. And we call them essential yeah. workers, like that's some kind of compensation package for the risk and abuse they take. But like in many ways, this is us becoming the toughest generation. And yeah, previous generations had it rougher, but you know, our, I mean, I, I have a kid old enough to be confused by this. And I have to say our parents never had to deal with this. Our grandparents never had to deal with this. This is, this coupled with the, the racist reality show, fascist clown we have in the White House, these are the challenges that our generation puts up with. And and so, you know, we're all going to be judged by it. But to your point, Nagin, I think if you ever want to change your life, like really change your life, I had a, a yoga teacher say this once, um, try to go one month without complaining. And I guarantee you, if you can try to go, if you can go two weeks without complaining, that will change your life. And considering how much inconvenience we have and how rough it's all been, I think Americans have done a pretty good job holding their shit together. And I give a lot of credit for that, actually, to the Democratic Party, because they, they're they the unsung heroes of this in that they fought so hard to get those expanded unemployment benefits put into the CARES Act right away. Ooh. And that is the reason that millions of people didn't have to eat their pets before the 4th of July. I'm and one of them. It's going, to be, it's going to be an ugly fall because that money's gone. 12 million of us face evictions right now. Uh, obviously, COVID's going to get worse. The cases are going down, apparently, but the deaths are going up. We're losing two 9-11s worth of people a week. You've got a president with a cult saying, hey, we're doing great, despite the fact that we're doing worse than any other country in the world. And unemployment for women hasn't been this high since 1948. Um, so, you know, there's a big bowl of bad here. And I don't know that Joe Biden uh, is the one that can necessarily handle it, but uh, good God almighty, Joe Biden in a coma would be a better president than Donald Trump. Joe Biden, Joe Biden on fire with aliens popping out of his <laughs> chest. We'd be like, well, we'll be safe right. now. He's not compromised. And, he, and you know, so. Uh, I was thinking, Fugel saying about on that note, like, is Joe Biden the one who can handle it? I was thinking about the housing crisis, right? So we're in 2008, the economy fucking collapses mm -hmm. and the person at the top. So George W. Bush is come, leaving. Obama's coming in. And if it had been John McCain or if it had been someone, you know, a, a Romney or whatever. And Romney's not a great example because he did give uh, universal health care to people in Massachusetts. But if it had been well, someone uh, who really— no, no, no. He, 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 did, he did Romney care. You have to buy private He did Romney care. It's totally different. Yeah, it's, it's totally what Obama different. did. You had to buy It's right, right. No, sorry. Care. Yeah, yeah, yes. You're right. Um, but uh, but uh, but my point is, I'm, I'm not talking about wishy-washy Republicans who, are some, who sometimes like to provide social services for people. I'm talking about, like, true, hardcore, conservative Republicans who don't believe in any kind of public expenditure— if that kind of person had been at the in um, office during the housing crisis, I uh, we could have experienced what we're experiencing now economically, right? That it could have been so much more horrible than what it was. And it was horrible. People lost their homes. People lost their savings. People, I mean, things were already horrible in 2008, 2010, but they, um, they, because I think of the leadership at the top and the ideas that they brought forward and, and some of, you know, the bailout of the audio, auto industry and stuff like that, things didn't collapse, right? 
but they could have. And so I do think, and I was just thinking, oh, Biden was there for that. He helped figure that out and didn't let something bad become catastrophic. And that's kind of yeah. all we need. You know what I mean? And I, I think if he was there for that crisis, um, he can do the same thing for this crisis. So maybe he's exactly the person. Oh, to yeah. I this, mean, right. He, it doesn't matter if he's exactly the one. He's the one. He's the one. He's the that's one. It. That's it. <laughs> that's it. And I, I have faith in whatever cabinet he puts together. I, I have faith in the people that he's going to bring and, and you know, not as much Biden as much as the people that are going to be surrounding him. You know, I think that's going to be good. I yeah. honestly feel like he'll he'll be like two years and about. Like I think so, too. I think and I think they're planning for it thusly. I mean, he's already yeah. he's already going to be by far the oldest man ever elected. Donald Trump is already by far the oldest man ever elected. Biden's going to break yeah. that record right away. Uh, you know, if Biden was nervous he would do what I think Dole and McCain should have done as a gimmick, a, a one-term pledge. Um, but yeah. he's not doing that because he's not worried. And I, I yeah. think that, you know, they, look, it's all going to come down like every other election to turn out. But if Trump is elected, re-elected, and it could easily happen, they're cheating on so many fronts uh, and their base is so organized and this business with the post office and Trump's base is not afraid to go out and risk everyone's life to vote in person. But... You know, a second term for Trump would be the worst thing that could ever happen to Trump. If he leaves oh. now, he can go to a country with no extradition treaty and count his money the rest <laughs> of his life. But a second term for Trump, <laughs> when Trump thinks cutting the capital gains tax will make COVID go away, like, aside, leave out how bad it's going to be for the rest of us. Imagine how, like, Gore Vidal said after 9-11, George Bush will leave office the most hated man in the world. And I thought he was crazy. He was exactly right. And it took six years to figure out that George W. Bush was full of crap. Um, it, we'll see about it with Trump, but I can guarantee you, if he gets reelected, you will see the most progressive Democrat in history take office, uh, you know, in, in the 2024. And you may see that no matter what happens. Uh, will there be a 2024? Yeah, you may see. <laughs> well, it might be President Kamala Harris in 2024 or God knows what else. But if we get to 2024, of course... But, like, it's going to be bad for Trump to we'll have a second term. We'll get to 2024. Of course we will. Well, I, I think that's a that's a great reminder for all of us. By the way, that's, this segment turned into not at all what I intended, but <laughs> I think it was great anyways. And I hope I wasn't too hard on people who complain. <laughs> I'm just, like, making a strong suggestion Aww. to try not doing it, okay? Because so I feel sweet. bad now. But, like, I hope it wasn't. Too, anyway, but listen, folks, um, this reminds me we normally highlight races, uh, but this week, we're taking a break out of respect for the RNC. I'm just kidding. No, we're taking a break from highlighting races because I didn't get my act together to put together the list of races that we're highlighting. Um, so, But keep them coming. You know that I love the segment. I know that you folks love the segment. So keep the the them coming on uh, at commentsoffaiththenation.com is the best way to email me races. Um, you guys have been really good about sending me all of the competitive races around the country that you want to get some a little bit of attention. Um, and also, don't forget... Tell me how you're voting. You're voting early. You're going to the poll that day. Hey, did you volunteer to be a poll worker? We had a, a person who was worked um, in the polls um, email us uh, last week and uh, read a really lovely email from from that person, from that listener. Um, so keep those emails coming. We want to know how are you engaging in uh, democracy? The bagel that is the <laughs> the schmear that is the bagel of the on the United States of America, um, folks. Uh, uh, we normally ask how you're um, 
what's what's making you hopeful at the end of the show. But I uh, I feel like we you you've both said a lot of like hopeful things like watch I may destroy you or um, <laughs> sit in front of on your porch and listen to cicadas. The new Dylan or, record. Uh, the new Bob, Bob Dylan. Record. Oh. New, the, the new Dylan record. So I feel like you gave us um, a lot to um, to feel good about. And again, uh, I think you're both great. So I would really love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to find you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Joyelle Johnson, where do they do that? At Joyelle Nicole across Twitter, Instagram, website, all that stuff. Follow her. She's wonderful. And John Fugel saying, where do they find you? Uh, she's the best. By the way, it's such a thrill for me. The two of you are two of the funniest, smartest, most wonderful artists I know. Uh, you can find <laughs> me at, uh, at John Fugel saying on the Twitters and the Instagrams, johnfugelsang.com and SiriusXM Progress Channel 127, five nights a week. Ugh. That show is so fun. It's such a great show. Um, tune in uh, on on Sirius um, on the what the Progress Channel. Yes, on Sirius. Uh, and you know where to find me. My uh, new my new op ed for uh, the Progressive Magazine just came out. So check that out. I will be tweeting about it. I have not yet done so. Um, <laughs> also take a break from Twitter. Just don't go on it. That's yes. a good one. Um, <laughs> and uh, go to the, your parks. Go to your parks. They're great. Parks are great. Um, and uh, I would like to thank the people here at Faith the Nation that make the show possible. That's our producer, Anita Flores. Andy Christens does our audio engineering. Uh, Lily Fleshler helps with research and Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. And again, you know that I love uh, hearing from you. So please send us a comment um, about guests we should have, um, uh, topics we should be talking about, anything at comments at fakethenation.com. And, uh, oh, you can uh, subscribe to the show. I know a lot of people listen, but then don't subscribe. If you could subscribe, that helps the show. Um, also, if you leave a, uh, a review at Apple Podcasts, that also really helps the show. Uh, thanks, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.